Town Square Media Station. This is Luke Holmes. I am Morgan Wallen. I'm Riley Green. I'm Travis Denning. Hey, I'm Aaron Lewis. Hey, it's Luke Bryan. I'm Tim McGraw. What's up? This is Ian Munsick. Ah, uh, this is Craig Morgan. And you're listening to Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. My Country 95.5. Welcome into the program. My name is Drew. We have got a lot to cover on this brand new show here on My Country 95.5. We have got hunting fishing and great country music and great outdoor conversations we'll be having uh, as a matter of fact today we're going to talk to some folks from the uh, wyoming game and fish we're going to talk about what it is that they do and they're going to be key players on this program and if you have questions for game and fish whether it's a hunting question or a concern or a fishing concern uh we're gonna we want to cover it here we want to bring to light and bring to the front of the pack all the hunting and fishing and outdoor questions that everyone has. Uh, we're going to have information on some great hunting and fishing and outdoors and shooting sports that happen here in Wyoming. And you know that there's so much stuff outdoors-wise that goes on here that we could talk consistently and constantly for hours, but we need to throw in some great country music in there. We've got some cooking tips that will happen over the next couple of weeks and some of your favorite country stars like Scotty McCreary. Scotty will be here uh, on the program later on this morning. So stick around. And again, if you have any questions for uh, myself, for uh, anyone at uh, Game and Fish, then go over and let us know at the My Country mobile app. It's no secret that Wyoming is home to some of the greatest fishing and hunting in the world. Wow! It's colossal. It's stupendous. It's magnificent. It's Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors on My Country 95.5. Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors on My Country 95.5. It's Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors. Very first week in the first week we had to bring in Wyoming Game and Fish to make their presence felt and known and they will be here a part of the majority of every show. So if you have any questions for Game and Fish, you can hit us up at the My Country mobile app so that we can ask them for you directly. It'll be a great way for us to interact and you to get in here as well. Now today we have four great folks from uh, Wyoming Game and Fish. And uh, Justin, you want to step up to the plate first? Sure. Yeah, my name is Justin Binfit. I'm the Wildlife Management Coordinator here in Casper. What is behind that title? What is it that you do? Well, so we have in our Casper region, we have three wildlife biologists and a habitat biologist. And we're kind of the ones that I would say collect most of the data um, to make the management decisions. So we're out there doing counts for, you know, sex and age counts for deer, elk, antelope. Then we take all that data, we, we estimate our populations, how they're doing, and then after that, we make management decisions like, so how many licenses are we going to issue? Um, how long of our hunting season is going to go? That sort of thing. How long in advance do you know when it comes down to the, the number of licenses and things that you, you distribute? 
so wildlife management, you know, it's a, it's, it's a year-round process. So let's take big game, for example. We start at the beginning of our biological year is what we call it. So like, say, all the fawns or calf elk or whatever, they're born in like May and June. So we kind of start there, but we're out there year-round. So like then in the summertime, we've got folks out looking at habitat conditions. So what kind of precipitation are we getting? What kind of forage production um, do these animals have to eat? It's going to help them not only raise their fawns, but also get through the winter. So then as we transition into the fall, you know, one of the most important things we do is we're, we're out there just talking to hunters. We're out there collecting data. What type of success are they having? What are they harvesting? What are, what are the size of the bucks? Or, or how are they doing? You know, how's the elk hunting going? That sort of thing. So then as we get through the season, then we start collecting more biological data. So we spend a lot of time in the helicopter and on the ground, and we're out there doing sex and age counts so how many fawns made it how many calves made it what are our bull ratios what are our buck buck ratios that sort of thing and then as we transition into the winter that's kind of the the inside time for us so we're putting all that data into our population models then we're coming up with population estimates so and then we make management decisions based on that so and we have objectives established for all our herds as that data goes in there it tells us you know are we are our populations above our objective below our objective do we need to issue more licenses less licenses that sort of thing and when you crunch those numbers it sometimes becomes an issue like it has with antelope lately yeah i mean antelope for example they their populations can really fluctuate and the weather's the biggest driver with these populations so you know we had a couple tough winters back to back we actually were growing antelope at a really good clip up until a few years ago we had antelope kind of coming out our ears again which was a really good problem to have but uh then we had a couple tougher winters and 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 then really dry summers on top of it which is that can be pretty hard on fawn production because moms just don't have good nutrition and that sort of thing and so and then every now and then we get these really substantial storms that can really set populations back and that's what we got in the casper area this spring excellent thanks so much justin now janet you're the public information specialist so you take care of all of the press releases and you take care of all the information that comes into and goes out of wyoming game and fish i do deal with a lot of the information and the media and the ins and outs of game and fish but i deal a lot with the public and also I do a lot around game and fish that nobody else wants to do it's always fun to get to work with these guys and and when they they run into conflict or or challenges within their job I'm often there to help them solve those challenges and to get um, with the public and and get things solved what are some of the major questions or concerns that people will have for game and fish you know it depends on on the season and it is actually very seasonal um, it depends on are they looking for a hunter education course are we are are we trying to get enough information out about that, how they can sign up, when they can take the classes? Um, are we getting enough input on our season setting session? Are um, we listening enough to the public? Are they saying, hey, you know, we would really like this to happen and you guys aren't responding? And so making sure that we're listening to that. Um, is chronic wasting disease really an issue for the public? Is it an issue for deer? Kind of solving those equations as well. So, so it depends on the year, depends on the topic, but um, you know, really the game and fish department is, we're people just like everybody else. We live in the community just like everybody else and we're very accessible. And so one of the things that I always try to do is just encourage people to remember that. And if you have a problem or a question, just let us know and, and we'll do everything we can to solve that. Also in here today is Matt Hahn and Matt is in charge 
of all of the area fisheries and takes care of the fish numbers and the fish information because, of course, this is one of the top fishing destinations in the world. Yeah, you know, it really is a, a pretty popular destination for anglers around here. You know, we're, we're really lucky. We have some of the best fisheries anywhere well in the country. Some, of, some people say some of the best fishing in the world, um, all within a 50 or 100 mile radius of Casper. Um, you know, and, and my job as a, as a fisheries biologist is to, you know, manage those fisheries to make sure that the populations of fish that are available um, to anglers stay healthy and productive. It's a very data intensive operation. We have management objectives uh, that are tailored to the productivity of individual waters. Um, we have different management schemes for different waters, you know, it ranges from, we may manage for a really high catch rate on uh, stocked trout in an urban type fishery, like say Brian Stock Trail Pond or, or Yesness Pond. And, and then we have other management like up at Gray Reef where we manage it more for a, a trophy experience where, you know, we're, we're trying to, to provide large fish, larger than average fish for people to catch and uh, everything in between. And so just a lot of getting out there and collecting data, interviewing people and, and crunching it all. And De Definitely out of my league, all that math. That's, that's not my thing. The last guest we have in here today, Matt Pollock. Uh, Matt basically takes care of all the habitat and access of lands that surround the North Platte and all the public access land. That's correct. Uh, my job title is Habitat and Access Coordinator for the Casper region. And my job title is actually pretty self-descriptive. The main part of my job, though, is I manage commission-owned, uh, Wyoming Game and Fish commission-owned lands and easements throughout the region. Primarily, the stuff that folks would be seeing around Casper uh, would be all of the public access areas. Which, if you've driven along the, the North Platte, you know that's a lot of different areas. Now, is there anything in particular right now that you're concerned about? One issue that we deal with all the time, I, I'm a pretty easygoing guy, and there's not much that uh, keeps me awake at night, but one thing that, that does uh, are invasive species. Uh, and whether that be zebra and quagga mussels or New Zealand mud snails uh, that are... Uh, have the potential to infect our, our waters. What I deal with primarily are invasive species like weeds. A couple of years ago we found Medusa head and uh, it has the potential to crowd out all the, uh, the, the native grasses and uh, just becomes this monoculture of very unproductive, uh, animals won't eat it, it doesn't have much nutritional value. Uh, it has potential to, to totally alter landscapes. So we very aggressively uh, address that issue. I can say that uh, the last time I was out at the area where we found that, uh, I did not find any plants. Now that doesn't mean that I can pat myself on the back and, and walk away and not worry about it anymore. Uh, a lot of these uh, weed seeds can stay viable in the soil profile for, for years and years and years. So it, it's one thing that I'm constantly vigilant for uh, is to, uh, to try and stay on top of, of weeds and invasive plants uh, so that uh, we continue to have great habitat for, for wildlife.
as you can tell by listening to all of us babble for a while, Drew, we all love our jobs and we're all very passionate about um, being outdoors and, and with wildlife, whether it be ter terrestrial or aquatic. One of the things that I really want to highlight is the partnerships that go on within Game and Fish and other agencies and with the public as well, is none of this could happen without a lot of our partnering agencies, whether it's the Bureau of Reclamation working with us to do flushing flows on the North Platte River to ensure that maybe some of our spring spawning with our, our fish are going well, or whether it's the Bureau of Land Management or Weed and Pest to work with us on, on dealing with Medusa Head outside of Glenrock. And so those are just some things that, that you know, I want people to keep in mind that, that there is a lot that goes into this. It's not just, you know, Matt Hahn dealing with the fisheries. It's he and his entire crew and the hatcheries and all of these other um, entities that we work with. So, so it's pretty, you know, far-reaching well it is just week one of wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors game and fish going to be part of most every week that we have so if you do have a question that you would like to ask uh, any of uh, the folks that are here today or if they can't answer it we can find somebody for sure inside the organization absolutely to do it uh, go over check out all of their instagram and their facebook at yogfd on facebook the website wgfd.yo.gov uh, very informative if you have any questions and that doesn't even stop with hunting or fishing but boating or any outdoor questions get there and check it out guys thank you so much i'm looking forward to talking to you more again thanks thanks Drew. for having thanks, us Drew. wyoming hooking and hunting wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors on my country 95.5 Welcome back to the program. It's uh, another great day here in the state of Wyoming where hunting, fishing is top of the mind right now as we're getting close to rut season starting for elk. And that means uh, there's a lot of excited hunters that are uh, that are out there listening this morning. And we look forward to hearing all your stories. And if you have harvested a large elk or uh, maybe a moose or a bear or a couple of antelope or uh, even even uh, uh, birds. We want to see your harvest. And all you have to do is go contact us and hit us up on the My Country mobile app. Uh, give us your stories. We want to hear your stories. If you have questions, uh, we have a direct line to Game and Fish on this program. As a matter of fact, they're part of this show each and every week. Uh, we've heard from uh, four of them. We heard from the Mats. We heard from uh, Janet and Justin earlier this morning. And you can always... Uh, hit us up and send us a message at the My Country mobile app if you have a question for any of them. Uh, the Game and Fish, speaking of them, is asking everyone, especially landowners, uh, to report any dead sage grouse right now because of the West Nile virus that's uh, sweeping the nation again. It seems like every time we turn around, there's a new virus that's hitting us, and uh, the sage grouse is the latest that may be affected. Uh, evidence of the disease has been reported in past years in northeast Wyoming and surrounding states. Uh, including a sage grouse in, in North Dakota. So they're not saying for sure that, you know, they're definitely 100% uh, infected, but they need to know when you find these uh, sage grouse or sagebrush uh, type of, of birds. Uh, the biologist said that uh, while this year has been drier and less favorable for mosquitoes, uh, monitoring the disease is, is very important. Of course, for the future, 
of uh, the grouse here in the state of Wyoming as well. So if you uh, happen to be out and about anywhere in the state and you notice uh, dead sage grouse, you uh, let it, let the uh, Game and Fish folks know. You can always hit them up. They're very easy to get a hold of, actually, because they have a great website that you can see. It's uh, wgfd.yo.gov. They're also all over social media. That's an easy way that you can hit them up uh, right on your phone. You don't even really have to uh, to do much else. You can even take a picture of the grouse on your phone and then send it Right in, but it's very important because you know there are only so many people that work for Game and Fish. We've all got to be vigilant about what's happening around us and around uh, the outdoors. So if uh, you can sure help out, that would be much appreciated. Have you hooked and hunting outdoors? My Country ninety five five. Welcome to week one of Wyoming hunting and fishing outdoors. It's a show all about country music, hunting, fishing, and loving every day. That's what we do here, and we want you to be part of this show. If you have a question, if you have a comment, if you have a show idea, if you want me to look into anything for you, uh, maybe or uh, you need to know something from Game and Fish, they want to hear from you as well, and they are uh, active participants in this program so thank you so much for tuning in this morning maybe heading out uh later today to cast a line in the water or maybe go scout your hunting areas keep it right here and you can go download the my country mobile app and take us with you everywhere you can listen to us in the deer stand you can listen to us in the duck blind if you're uh canoeing down the the north Platte, maybe you're sitting out in waders in the river you can keep us right with you at the My Country mobile app. Now, on this program, not only are we going to talk to great hunting and fishing experts and outdoor enthusiasts, uh, we're going to talk to some of your favorite country stars. And the first week, we had to get somebody that knows what it's like to be on a big show. And, you know, we're kind of feeding off of a big show and scotty mccreary is that guy he was on american idol for uh, a season and ended up winning back in the day he's had number one songs he's married now we've all seen him kind of grow up he was just a teenager on american idol and he is a huge lover of the outdoors so uh let's get scotty on the line how are you scotty hey i'm great man i'm doing good sure thank you for taking time out of your schedule and being the first country artist guest on this brand new program here in Casper, Wyoming. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll try to make it as good of an interview as I can for the inaugural show. <laughs> <laughs> Scotty, I've known you for quite a little while, and I have to apologize to you. Um, I just started following you on Instagram, and I, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's a-okay. I'm rarely on there anyway, so <laughs> it's no worries. Hey, you got some new music coming out that uh, just a couple of months ago, I was talking to someone in your office and said it may be the best Scotty McCreary music that has ever hit the airwaves. Oh, my goodness. They're really uh, setting the bar. Setting the bar. I guess we got to try and make that happen. But uh, we're excited about it. It's 
we've had three years to work on it and more time than ever, honestly, to pick up a guitar and write songs and stuff. So um, I've been listening to it for a while just by myself in the truck and on planes and stuff. So I'm, I'm just excited to share it with everybody. Listening to some of the songs that you already have out, you get very personal when you go into your songwriting. Yeah. I mean, that's basically where I write all my songs from. It's just personal experience. And um, it's what I know, what I love, what I feel. You know, it's, I, I'm, some people can pull stuff out of thin air and write an amazing song. But, you know, that's, that's not me. I got to I gotta live it. So you'll, you'll find that a lot with, with my stuff for sure. Now, you said that you had three years with this album and, and writing and everything, and you and I did a couple of Zoom FaceTimes during 2020. Did 2020 help or hurt your writing abilities? You know, I, I would say it helped. Um, it just kind of made you adapt, and you had to, you know, find new ways to write songs. You're normally in the same room with everybody, and we had to Zoom write, and, um, you know, so it's... Normally there's these amazing musicians in there, and now it's like, okay, I gotta, you know, carry the weight of that with my guitar here by myself in the stu- in my room studio. So, um, it, you just kind of had to find new ways to write constantly last year. So it just kind of, hopefully, added a wrinkle or two to the brain, the songwriting side of things. So yeah. When you're out cracking cold cans and casting the uh, the line in the water, uh, man, there's nothing better than a good fishing day. Oh, dude, absolutely, absolutely. We just got back from uh, Alaska as well, and boy, oh, boy, did we do that. We we fished all day and night because it's, it's light outside until, you know, 11, 12 o'clock. So um, caught ourselves some big king salmon, and, we, man, it was a trip of a lifetime. Now, have you ever been out here to Wyoming to uh, to do any fishing? I've been out to Wyoming. Normally, it's just for shows, though, and I, I love that area of the country. I mean, that's, you can't beat it. So, I'd love to get out there, hunt, fish, all that good stuff, and fly fish. I love to fly fish too. And it, to me, it's it's a little better just sitting on the dock bass fishing and stuff because you're actually like constantly in motion and constantly doing something you know well good news we are one of the number one destinations for trout fishing in the world people love to come to casper wyoming to to do some uh some fishing and uh, we invite you to come on out and, and see us anytime you're in the area be there in a heartbeat Just show me the honey holes well scotty man thank you so much and uh and we look forward to the same truck hitting shelves everywhere on the uh, the 17th of september and gonna be huge and we look for big things from scotty and fishing wise come out and see us hey i'll be there man can't wait for y'all to hear the music and we'll get some good fishing in here soon man appreciate it my Country 95.5, Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors with Drew Kirby. If you have a question, want to make a comment, or have an idea for a show topic, message us on the My Country mobile app. My Country 95.5. For complete reading to Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors, My Country 95.5. Hard to believe this hour has almost flown by. I mean, it really has. Uh, I can't believe it's almost over. But before we go, I want to mention a story that I read this week from Remington. Of course, the uh, ammunition and firearm manufacturer that had to almost go into 
non-existent anymore. Uh, they filed for bankruptcy, but they found some investors to bring them back. And because of their bankruptcy, that really put a lot of gun dealers and ammo dealers on the back burner as far as getting in any new ammo. And if I know you don't, because I know every time you go into a store, you try to find a certain type of ammo. Sometimes you can't find it. And Remington has a mission that they have now hired 4,000 more people for their Arkansas uh, manufacturing plant that they are going seven days a week, 24 hours a day to try and resupply all of the different uh, ammunition dealers throughout the country to get them restocked so that we're all not, you know, counting our bullets uh, each and every week. And I know that uh, that I've done that. I, You know, you want to go out and shoot and target practice and make sure that you're you're uh, staying fluent with your motions and everything, and you, you don't want to waste bullets. I mean, it's it's hard to believe that that's a big problem in a country like this. But last year, there were so many firearms that were sold. As a matter of fact, in 2020, an amazing number of 18,924,584 uh, firearms were sold. That's over 6 million more than in 2019 and you think about that many guns being sold and if the firearm purchaser buys one box of 50 uh, all of those guns that's a lot that's uh, over a billion uh, rounds of ammo that were sold in 2020 alone and again that's if uh, the person bought just one so as of right now uh, it seems as though that a lot of states around us, uh, up in Washington and Idaho and Utah, Nebraska, North Dakota, uh, Minnesota, Texas, California, and Arkansas, uh, are all being restocked. So uh, they've made that promise. So hopefully uh, within the next uh, little while, they're just kind of getting caught up going 24-7 since uh, late spring. So uh, hopefully Remington can help us with our, our big issues. Hooking and hunting outdoors with Drew Kirby on My Country 955.